Just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your News Radio 840 WHAF. Good Sunday morning. Bob Sekolder, the Louisville Real Estate Show here with you until the top of the hour. And joining us for today's show, a jam-packed show, I should say as well, we've got Chuck Crosby, the Crosby Law Offices. You can reach Chuck at 499-6360. He does great closings, entertaining, gets the job done, and an all-around good guy. Also here in for Brad Lawler today is Neil Allen. Neil has quite a, a title over at Home Team Inspection Service. He is not only the master inspector, but he is director of operations. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, a man with two titles, Neil Allen, joining us today. Good to have you both. Thank you. Good morning. Not sure where my son Greg is uh, probably out shooting some more of uh, pictures, but uh, okay, good. Whatever it is, go, go to work. It's early in the morning. He'll take it. I'll take it. Before we get to questions, and again, we're coming through you uh, via our Zoom recording for um, COVID shows. We're not back in the studio yet, so we're each coming from our own little office or home or location. Uh, you can send me an email, bob at com, and put in the subject line, radio question, and then give me the question in that email itself, and then we'll get it on the air. That's the way it works. We're kind of somewhat limited on um, on the operations part of this when we're doing these COVID shows. So we'll get to the questions in just a second. A couple of news Stories making their way around our area this week. For buyers, there are fewer bidding wars that may open doors to some buyers. Basically, what's happening is the competition in the housing market is showing some signs of easing. There are more homes coming on the market, fewer buyers out there. Many buyers frustrated thinking, okay, I'm getting back on the fence, not waiting uh, to go into um, a shark tank. And now things have eased out. So there are more markets reporting price cuts and fewer bidding wars. And that is going to open the door to some buyers who can now get in there and buy a house. So just note that if you are thinking about buying a home. Also, mortgage rates hit their highest level in a month. That may slow buyers, but really, quite frankly, minimal amounts of increases in mortgage rates. Average rate for a 30-year fixed rate mortgage increased to 3.06%, that's up from 2.99%. So you can see just a minimal amount of uh, upturn in the mortgage rates, very minimal. And something that is uh, going to affect a lot of people, folks, is uh, the FEMA is overhauling the National Flood Insurance Program because of climate change. So FEMA, of course, if you're using flood insurance, you know all about FEMA. If you don't use flood insurance, you're in good, a good position. But apparently, there are, they haven't overhauled this uh, FEMA program in a long time. Under a current program, uh, the Federal Emergency Management Agency provides $1.3 trillion in coverage for more than 5 million policyholders in 23,500 communities nationwide. Homeowners in FEMA-designated des flood zones are required to purchase flood insurance. But starting October 1st, the program will undergo a complete overhaul to make insurance pricing more accurately reflect the property's unique flood risk. But what will happen is people will start paying their, their risk. So someone who lives at a, maybe a back corner has a is in the floodplain, won't be paying at a higher rate than a, someone who lives on the river. And that, for a lot of people, is a good thing. Finally, uh, in the news, building material costs are surpassing records. Prices for building materials climbed 19.4% for the last 12 months, increasing 13% in 2021 alone. So what's happening is wood prices came down, 
other building materials have gone up. It's kind of a tough deal for anybody who wants, including myself, who wants to build a home, but waiting to do it because the prices are just so high. That's just a problem. All right. If you want to see what people are saying about us, go to LouisvilleSellersTalk.com or LouisvilleZillow.com. If you want to see a repeat of today's show, you can go to LouisvilleAnswers.com. That's LouisvilleAnswers.com. All right. Questions for our, our team here. Annette writes in, I'm in the market to buy a home, but because of my religion, I'm very concerned about a death in the home that I'm buying. Is this disclosed? If not, why? Chuck, from an attorney standpoint. Well, no, it's not disclosed. Um, not generally, but uh, if that's a concern, you can always ask. I mean, uh, it's just not required uh, to tell people if there's been a death in the house or, you know, a couple of cases up out of New York uh, suggest Maybe there's some situations you might want to tell people if there's a bad reputation, but that hasn't winded its way down to us yet. But if that is an issue, just ask. Um, if they say no, uh, then you're good. If they say we aren't going to answer, well, that kind of answers it. So let's let's back up for, we have a lot of real estate agents who listen to the show. From a real estate perspective, if you're representing the seller and the buyer's agent calls you and says, hey, my buyer wants to know, did someone die in the home? They're concerned about it. What are real estate agents required to say or not to say? They are required to say what their client says. Mm -hmm. Okay. So if the client says, I'm not going to answer that, then the response is, my client's not going to answer that. If the client says yes, well, that's your answer. If the client says no, that's your answer. Uh, Either way, um, those responses will tell the person what they need to know. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So our first response, if you're representing a seller, buyer agent calls, the first thing I suspect will be to, well, I don't know. Let me check with the seller. And then if you haven't discussed it before then, then, then is the time to start discussing what the answer should be. If there is a, was a death in the, in the home. Yeah. The way I'm thinking about it is, I mean, I've run across a few here recently where there were suicides and they weren't discovered for some length of time. Mm -hmm. uh, and there, there becomes health issues. Mm -hmm. uh, if you've had that sort of thing happen uh, and health issues certainly uh, could, would need to be disclosed. I would think uh, just the same as if it was a meth house uh, because there are things that still uh, need to be taken care of. But if it's just a somebody has passed away there, well, then we go back to the original comments. And, you know, that's interesting. There's another question that will come up on the disclosures that we have in Louisville. We'll get to that in a bit. So hang on with that question and that answer. Uh, this one, Neil, goes out to you from a home inspection standpoint. Lily says she just signed a contract to buy a home, about to hire a home inspector. What are the top problems home inspectors find and are they deal breakers if those top problems? Well, I would say that the deal breaker side of that really needs to be a discussion between the agents, the, the person representing the seller and the person mm -hmm. representing the buyer. That is really outside what a home inspector should be talking about. We are going to be presenting facts that we find. As far as the top things that we find, absolutely right on the top of it all is just exterior maintenance, you know, not caulking around doors and windows and having areas of wood rot um, around doors, windows, sidings. That, that is the most common thing that we find on 
all of the thousands of home inspections that we do. You know, let me let me just jump in here for all homeowners. This should be a a wow factor. Listen to this because this these are things we can all work on now rather than waiting to when we sell a home and there could be some more damage. Okay. Sorry to interrupt on that, Neil. Keep going. Hey, no, not at all. And and absolutely. Like I said, that's the most common thing that we find and that is absolutely preventable. And a lot of times, you know, it's not super expensive to fix either. Um, so definitely you wouldn't be thinking about those kinds of things being deal breakers or big expensive repairs. Um, but it, anything that we find, you know, everything that we find, whether it's structural or whatever it is, um, even for the uncommon stuff that might be really expensive to fix, it can all be fixed. It's just a matter of what's the house worth? What kind of deal are you getting? You know, how can you negotiate this between the two parties? And like I said, that's that's something that the home inspector really is not going to get involved with and should never get involved. Yeah, with. I, no, I agree. So we, we talked about caulk being something that you fund on a regular basis. Any couple of other items that you would also advise homes owners to be looking for as in way of problems? Uh, yes. And a lot of times we'll find issues where maybe a homeowner is undertaking a task that they really probably shouldn't. Plumbing, electrical, mm -hmm. you know, adding on to a deck, those kinds of things. Uh, honestly, it's going to be much, much cheaper in the long run if you have the right professional taking care of those things so you don't have problems coming up later down the road. So it's interesting that you mentioned uh, the number one thing is the caulking. Chuck uh, recently, a couple of years ago, moved into a condo. One of the problems that I find whenever I go to meet with a client about listing their condo is, is does your condo association cover the outside, specifically windows or doors or problems with? Now, Chuck, you're an attorney. I suspect you already know whether or not the condo association that you are a member of will cover those outside items. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and it's different with each condo. I mean, they're yeah. not all the same. Like uh, uh, there are certain condos here in town where uh, the insurance policy for the association will cover all the way into the walls and including fixtures like sinks and cabinets. I've seen that. It's hugely unusual because usually it just comes to the uh, to the wall only to the to the board, and then you're responsible from uh, to get paint on it, and then anything inside. Uh, but all all condos are going to have it set up so that there's common elements, limited common elements, and then your own personal elements. And um, you know, it, you just have to get with the HOA. You get a copy of their uh, of the condo policy. You take it to your insurance guy, and you say, "I want whatever is left over." in terms of insurance on the, yeah. the condo. The the point that I'm making for all of our listeners right now is if you are living in a condo and you don't and you haven't re reviewed the condo docs to tell you specifically what is covered by your condo association, this should be your first call this coming week. And the reason is just a couple of weeks ago I was at a condo downtown. There was a window and and you will tell us, Neil, that the the window uh, seal had broken because it had some moisture in between the panes. And I said, oh, that looks like that's, uh, that's going to be a problem. Uh, do you know if it's covered by your condo association? And they said, yes. Well, one thing led to another. We ended up calling the condo association, and the response was, no, we don't cover windows, which was a complete shock to the seller because it's a this one was a palladium-type window, costly, very, very costly. So all condo owners, 
listening or if you have a friend who's a condo owner, please advise them to look at their condo restrictions, regulations, even call board members. What's covered in your condo? What's not? Let's keep moving on. Joe writes in, I'm moving here from North Carolina. Well, welcome, Joe. And Joe is looking for a home. And he says, now, Chuck, listen to this. Back in Carolina, sellers are required to disclose noises, odors, smoke, or other nuances uh, or nuisances from commercial, industrial, or military sources that affect the property. And he's asking, does Kentucky have any of those reports for buyers, those disclosures for buyers? Not that I know of. How about you? Not to my knowledge either. Um, The Different states will handle it differently. There are some states where they have stigmatized property laws and things like that, where you're required to mention suicides, murders, et cetera. Kentucky just doesn't have it. Um, you know, if, if there is something like that, uh, my initial thought is, well, if there's a bad smell, maybe, you know, a little inspection on your part might be, uh, might be wise, but in North Carolina, they have a huge number of industrial farms mm. uh, for, you know, pork and that sort of thing. Uh, and it's my understanding that vast tracts of land have been polluted. Uh, so, you know, I, I know there was a big brouhaha down there about uh, uh, disclosing that kind of thing. So maybe that's what uh, came of it. And Neil, from an inspection standpoint, nothing on that list of what was being inspected or disclosed from North Carolina uh, is anything other than maybe smoke or maybe o- uh, odors? Uh, are you guys responsible as inspectors for disclosing if you find during an inspection? Right. No, yeah. Not, yeah. none of that stuff. I mean, you know, if there's a farm nearby or odors from something like that, you know, where we might talk about an odor is if we suspect some kind of natural gas leak, and that's really good. Exactly. Yeah. Or yeah. a sewage issue or something right. of that sort. Right. Absolutely. If you, buy a, if you buy a house down in Butchertown on a hot, humid, you know, summer morning, you're going to have smells. Yeah, there's going to be some smells. You're absolutely right. Uh, and, and just so you know, in other states, there are requirements for sewer inspections to make sure that the lines between the sewer uh, at the street and the home are clear. So every state has their own individual um, mm-hmm. requirements, Joe. So I wish you the best um, for the, the good part is that we don't have a whole lot of problems like as Chuck just mentioned in North Carolina. And welcome again to our city and area. Kathy is writing in for, on an email and she says, I am uh, selling my home. I've been asked by my agent to fill out a home disclosure. I guess we're on disclosure questions. I remembered about three years ago, I had a leak in my basement and my brother-in-law, who is a car mechanic, fixed the leak. Do I have to disclose that? Um, so, yes, yeah, so let's look at legal first. Go ahead, Chuck. Yeah, why in the world would you not? Um, I just, A, can't understand the whole letting brother-in-law do it. Uh, But, uh, yeah, you're going to want to disclose it. Now, you know, you might do it nicely saying, hey, we had a leak. I had it repaired, um, and it hasn't leaked since. But you want to put that that notice out there. If they want to dig into it a little further, that is, of course, up to them. Um, But uh, you don't want to be caught not having disclosed something like that. I'm just kind of curious, uh, you know, those car mechanics use Bondo in cases to fill yeah. up the holes in the rust or something. I'm, that, I don't know. Neil, would you, Bondo work? Uh, 
Uh, I don't know. Probably, yeah. probably not. Probably not very long. And we can typically tell if something's been done professionally or not. Uh-huh. As a home inspector, you know, if I see something that looks like it's got new water intrusion coming in around a repair, absolutely going to point that out. If it doesn't look like there's any new water intrusion, going to still point it out in the report and say, hey, you may want to ask the seller who did this. Is there a transferable warranty just to kind of get them on that path, talking to them about it? Yeah. So sellers yeah. just also n- note that if you're doing it a do-it-yourself type thing and an inspector looks and sees it and they make a note, buyer agent's going to ask the seller's agent for the seller to explain what happened and is there a transferable warranty or ask to have a waterproofing company come out and inspect uh, and sign off on with a guarantee that it's not leaking anymore. And that's going to cost you money then anyway. So you might as well have it done right through one of the companies, right, Chuck? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a break, but this show is flying uh, fast and furious past us. Uh, We're going to come back. If you want to see what people are saying about us, head to LouisvilleZillow.com or LouisvilleBuyersTalk.com or LouisvilleSellersTalk.com. If you want us to come out and help you sell your home, I'm more than happy, thrilled to help you. Go to LouisvilleHouseDoctors.com. Yes, we do make uh, visits to you at home at no charge, no charge whatsoever. With us here, Chuck Crosby, a great guy, does a great job at the Crosby Law Offices. You can reach him anytime at 499-6360 to set up a closing, and you can pick the closing attorney you want. Chuck's the guy to do it. And then also in for a Brad Lawler is Neil Allen, Master Inspector, Director of Operations at Home Team Inspection Service, and their number over there is 844-411-TEAM. Again, 844-411-TEAM. And you can reach me, Bob Sekolder, anytime on my cell phone, 376-5483. Back in a moment on News Radio 840 WHAS. I'm Chuck Crosby, a real estate attorney here in Louisville with Crosby Law Offices. I've been practicing real estate law, fixing problems, and helping people for over 22 years. So if you're a buyer looking for advice, information, or professional closing services, call me. If you're a property owner, real estate professional, you have a problem, you just can't fix it, call me. If you're a landlord and you're having problems with your tenants, call me. Again, I'm Chuck Crosby with Crosby Law Offices. You can reach me at 499-6360. This has been a paid advertisement. Hi, I'm Brad Lawler with Home Team Inspection Service, Kentuckiana's largest inspection company and the number one home team inspection service in the nation. Our unique team approach makes us fast. Multiple inspectors means efficiency. Our teams of dedicated professionals, including many veterans, are trusted. We perform thousands of home inspections in Louisville and Southern Indiana each year. We're accurate. The team approach means multiple sets of eyes and overlapping duties. Fast, trusted, accurate. That's your home team advantage. In the real estate market, sellers and buyers have great expectations. And as a real estate agent, you take pride in fulfilling them. But some things are beyond your control. So what can you do? Choose Home Warranty of America's 13-month plans. HWA plans cover the home buyer against any breakdowns or repairs, keeping you and your clients safe from any covered claims. We offer comprehensive plans with competitive pricing, and our dedicated team will work with you every step of the way. To learn more, contact HWA today. 
Hi, I'm Barbara Corcoran. I'm constantly asked by news sources how to best navigate today's real estate market. I call the brightest agents in the business to get their input. Hi, Bob. What's going on in Louisville? Hi, Barbara. The Louisville real estate market is hotter than we've ever seen it. I'm so happy to hear that. With our exclusive marketing plan, we can get sellers top dollar right now. Get the best advice from my friend, Bob Sekoler. Go to WeSellLouisville.com. Be safe and smart. News Radio 840 WHAS, the Louisville Real Estate Show. I'm Bob Sekoler. Thank you so much, Barbara Corcoran, for your endorsement and friendship. And you can see Barbara on Shark Tank as well as a number of other areas. We're here with you till the top of the hour with us, still Chuck Crosby, the Crosby Law Offices at 499-6360. Neil Allen is in for Brad Lawler over at Home Team Inspection Service. Neil's a master inspector and director of operations, and you can reach anybody all the good people over at Home Team Inspection Service at 844-411-TEAM. And you can reach me, Bob Sekoler, anytime to help with getting your home on the market. We've got 10 agents ready to help you as well to buy a home. 376-5483. Again, 376-5483. All right, we go back to the emails coming in. Patrice is writing in, listen to this. Uh, she purchased a condominium recently, found out that after the closing, the seller had, and she's putting this in parentheses, mistakenly forgot, un, un parentheses, uh, to give her the last 12 months of meeting notes, which just so happened to include discussions of a large assess assessment coming in for homeowners. Uh, fast forward three months, she says, I was assessed $30,000, $30,000 for property improvements. She says, who and how do I sue? Chuck? Oh, well, first off, I can't give direct legal advice of, of that okay. sort. Okay. But yeah. hypothetically speaking, if there's something going on uh, with an assessment that's going to require 30000 per resident, that would something. suggest that there's uh, some sort of uh, damage that has not been disclosed. Uh, so, you know, that, that, that's the first angle. Second angle is why did they not, uh, ask about that? I mean, uh, usually, uh, when we deal with, uh, HOAs, we ask if there's any upcoming assessments, um, or if there have recently been any assessments approved. And they're, they're always upfront about that, at least if you ask the HOA. Uh, so who's supposed to ask the HOA and, and what is it that the seller didn't disclose? Now, uh, you've got uh, a bit of an issue going the other direction, too. If the assessment has not yet been voted in, if it's only discussion, there's no no certain, hey, we're doing this, then I don't know that they are necessarily required to tell you anything. But once you get that letter that says, hey, an assessment has been made, you're going to have to start paying on it on thus and such a date. That is something that uh, should be disclosed. That's a very interesting distinction that you made just there. Chuck, yeah. That I mean, just the mere mention of it that would be included possibly in notes doesn't yep. bind the seller to re revealing that at the time. Well, of it, it doesn't exactly exist. I mean, I'm on an HOA board and uh -huh. we talk about a lot of things. Uh, we discuss a lot of different things that, uh, you know, never come to fruition. Uh, so if there's a vote held that says, yes, we're doing this. Well, then at that point, yeah, you really ought to be disclosing that. But if it's just a matter of talk, well, chances are he didn't know about it. 
Interesting. Because uh, it's just the HOA doing it. Who goes to HOA meetings? I've, yeah. You know. <laughs> well, you do. Well, I do. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah now that yeah. you're on that board, yeah, you do. All right. But, uh, we never yeah. have any of the residents show up. Yeah. No, but Patrice, that was a very interesting question. And I think Chuck brought some very interesting insight into the answer there. I'm, I'm glad you were there to talk about that on Chuck. Moving on, Steve says he's about to sell his home and it's in old Louisville. And again, uh, Neil, this is going to be for you. Okay. Uh, he, and he remembers when he bought the house, he doesn't say how long ago, uh, his inspector told him it had knob and tube wiring. He said he never did anything about it. Just, I don't know if this is the only type of wiring, but he says he never did anything about it. What is it and why is it dangerous? So knob and tube wiring was the first electrical wiring that was used in homes. You've got two individual wires. They're wrapped in a cloth sheath. That cloth breaks down over time. And, you know, we're talking about homes that were built 1900, you know, and around that time. Right, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, you know, uh, it breaks down. It's inside the walls. It can't be visually inspected. And where it is problematic is if we find evidence of it in a home, even if it's not the stuff that we find is not active, there is the possibility stuff inside the walls could be active. Mm -hmm. So it is a safety concern for that. If it's, if you start making upgrades to your home, there's knob and tube wiring in the attic. Typically you bury it a bunch under a bunch of uh, insulation that you put Mm -hmm. in there. That's also problematic. Now we've got wiring that's potentially exposed that is buried under stuff that might be flammable. Um, Insurance companies, that's really the big thing is that, if your insurance company finds out that your home has active knob and tube wiring and you have not had it certified by a licensed electrician, they may refuse to cover your home. So that's something that you really, as a buyer, you need to be thinking about, hey, is this here? Is my insurance company going to cover me? If there's a problem with it, are they going to pay out? Those kinds of things. And maybe you want to act on that now, Steve, and talk to an, an electrician to uh, see about getting that at least addressed or looked at. Sandra is writing in. She says, says, uh, an email that says she bought a home and originally declined having a survey done. Uh, and he, she's now moved in and met her neighbor who said, Hey, listen, part of this garage is on the property, his property, the uh, neighbor. Sandra says the bank never asked her uh, for a survey. Didn't know she needed what recourse does she have at this point? Chuck, we don't do surveys re- as much as we used to do. right? Yeah. It used to be every transaction required one, but uh, now not so much. Uh, and there are several banks that will get forms signed saying, Hey, you know, uh, a survey is not required for this transaction, but might be a good idea. Like a KHC loan, all, all the KHC loans have that particular waiver in there. Um, who, what recourse does she have? Well, at this point, maybe not any. Um, that's one of those things that do diligence uh you know do a home inspection do a termite report do a um a survey yeah uh, you know if the uh seller knew that it was like that and didn't disclose it well now maybe that's an issue but uh you know if they didn't know about it then it's not really their fault so she should maybe take the see uh, an attorney for legal action but also yeah. see what can be done to compromise can she buy that corner of the land yeah uh, that could be that, possible. That's, yeah, yeah. that's usually the route it goes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, um, there's there's all kinds of different variations on this theme. Um, if that property's been there and the guy next door knew about it and didn't make a claim and it's been open, continuous, exclusive, adverse, notorious possession for 15 years, 
maybe there's nothing that he can do. Maybe mm-hmm. you do own that property. Um, you know, and what a, what a seller or what a neighbor thinks is their property isn't always their, their property. property. All right. Right. So we before to- you spend money, just get a survey, see where you're at and then go from there. Good point. All right. Final question. I thought this was a cute question. Maybe not for Cynthia who wrote in. She's got two dogs, two cats, lots of pet hair around the house. She just read something about not throwing clothing with pet hair into a washing machine and that the pet hair can cause problems for the drains. True on that, Neil? Can pet hair? I thought you'd always use drain or something. Clean the drains out. Oh, it it uh, if you've got a lot of animals, actually, like I do, it it can be very problematic on your drain. So you can try to keep up with it with Drano and things like that, but you may want to talk to a plumber about some additional filters that you can add on to washing machines and those kinds of things. I've actually got a filter on mine, which catches a lot of dog hair and I have to change that thing out probably every two to three weeks. And I can't imagine if all that stuff was just going into the drain. So yes, absolutely. It can be wow. problematic if you do have a lot of animals. And I suspect that also holds true if you are like me, losing a lot of hair on your head. That also is a problem that we all have to deal with as we get older, too, right? All right, guys, we're out of time. My thanks, as always, to Chuck Crosby over at the Crosby Law Offices. He's a good guy, does a great job, and you can trust Chuck and his team at 499-6360. Also, again, uh, Neil did a great job. Neil Allen, Master Inspector, Director of Operations, in for Brad Lawler today over at Home Team Inspection Service at 844-411-TEAM. And you can reach me, Bob Sekoler, anytime, day or night. Uh, Even right now, you can call me, 376-5483. We are ready to help you list, sell your home, and help you find another home. That's it for now. We're out of time. Folks, see you next Sunday on News Radio 840 WHAS.